Thank you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. George has been doing in John chapter 6. So we've been teaching through the book of John, and today we're going to begin on John chapter 6. So if you have a Bible, you could open it to John 6, starting in verse 1. John chapter 6, starting in verse 1, it says, Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the miraculous signs he had performed on the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover feast was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Eight months' wages would not buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and the men sat down, about 5,000 of them. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed it to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, Gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled twelve baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the miraculous sign that Jesus did, they began to say, Surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. Father, we just thank you today, Lord God, for your word, O oh God. I ask, Lord, that you would change our hearts today, that you would expand, Lord God, expand our minds, expand our faith, O oh God. You said in your word that your word, that the Bible is like a hammer that breaks the rock. So, Father, I ask, Lord God, that you would break all the hard places, Lord God. Everything in our lives, Lord God, that stand in the way of you, Lord God, of your purposes, of your love, of faith, Lord God. We just break it now in Jesus' name. And Father, I just release your blessing upon your people, Lord God. I thank you for ears that hear today. And we just honor you. We bless you today in Jesus' name. It, it said here in the Word that Jesus had just done a whole bunch of miracles. Blind eyes were open. The deaf could hear. People who couldn't walk were able to get up off the ground. Because Jesus was all about the miraculous. They went into a place and he began to teach. 
And as he, as he was teaching, the disciples saw that there were so many people and they had nothing to eat. So Jesus, he, be, he began to work a miracle of provision and provided for every one of those people. But see, this story teaches us some lessons. When I was reading through the commentaries. And they all said, well, this is not really about the natural things of life. This is only about the spiritual. Jesus did a miracle to provide bread because it's really about spiritual bread and we need spiritual bread. And we do. Every day I come to God. I say, God, I need to eat of your word. I want more of you and we need that. But how many of you know that this word is not only helps us in our prayer life, not only helps us in getting closer to God, but I don't know about you, but I need this word to help me get through life every single day. You see, this Bible is a road map. And God teaches us things, not only so we could um, know better how to minister in church, or how to operate in the realm of the Spirit. But God will teach you things in His Word of how to get through the day, of how to, how to access from heaven the things that you need. So what does this story tell us? Number one, it teaches us that Jesus was a God of miracles. You see, God is not limited by your experience. Your limitations are not... You, his limitations, and he doesn't have to do things that fit in the box of making sense in your mind. You see, that's what, that's what Philip did. Jesus asked Philip, how are we going to feed all these people? After he had just seen so many miracles, he had seen blind eyes open and saw the supernatural power of God, he asked Philip, how are we going to feed all those people? And Philip started to wonder in his head. You can't figure God out with your head. Don't try to understand God with your natural mind or what he's going to do or how he's going to operate in your life. So Philip sat down with his calculator and started to, figure, started to try to figure it all out. Well, eight months' wages would not buy enough bread for each one, and we don't have enough. We just have a few loaves and a few fishes. How are we going to do it? How are we going to make it? You see, that's not what God's all about. God is about taking heaven and breaking through on earth, taking the provision of heaven. See, in heaven is everything that you need. In God is everything that you need. Every healing, every, every provision. But see, they didn't get it. They said, well, maybe we could figure it out. If we sit there long enough, maybe we could make this, the, the fish stretch a little more in the bread. And, and that's what some of you are doing. You're sitting home wondering, how am I going to pay this bill? I just have this much in my bank account. I don't have what I need. You're spending sleepless nights trying to figure it all out. Well, let me tell you, you can sleep at night. Because God is not limited by what's in your bank account. 
He's not limited by what's in your wallet or how much credit you got left on your credit card because he's a wonder-working God. I, I believe in doctors as much as anyone else, but when I need healing, where do I go first? I go right to heaven because he's got everything that I need. This might mess with some of you, but this past Sunday night I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma at a service. And the woman who was preaching, she was, she was asking God to provide new body parts for people who, who had all kinds of illnesses. People with severe pain in their backs. People with liver problems. And as she was praying... There was a connection between heaven and earth and people were being miraculously, supernaturally healed after they'd been to doctors for years. Because God's not limited by the, by the kind of medicine your doctor can give you. God's not limited by how much money you make at, at work. See, I'm with you. I've spent a lot of sleepless nights trying to figure it out. And guess what? God showed me one day, you wasted all those nights, all those hours sitting on the bed, three, four in the morning, trying to figure out how you're going to pay that bill, how you're going to make it, how you're going to survive on that little that you have. But guess what? Little is much when God is in it. You see, you got to begin to change the way you look at life. Stop looking only in the natural realm. Because God's the God of impos the impossible. I, I wish more of you would come on Wednesday nights when we have the prayer meeting. Because we have so many testimonies of supernatural, miraculous provision. Where people unexpectedly get checks in the mail. People go to their bank account and find there's money there that wasn't there before. All of a sudden, just in the last second, people will receive a, a, an unexpected inheritance. See, you can sleep at night. You, you can rest in God. Because not only can he do it, but the Bible says he loves to bless you. He loves to bless his children. there's peace for you. If I do nothing else with this message, I, 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 want, I want a change to happen in some of your lives that you, you can begin to sleep. God is working on your marriage. Some of you have difficult trials in your marriage. And I've seen marriages supernaturally change. I've seen people who hated each other come together and live a long life with God because he breaks through with his power. Stop relying on your own resources. Stop relying on what you can do, what you can't do. What you have, what you don't have. God's not impressed. Verse 5. I'm going to read verse 5 again. It says, When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, 
or he already had in mind what he was going to do. How many of you know God asks you questions and he already knows the answer? He asked Adam, where are you, Adam? Now, why does he do that? Why would God test us like that? Because he wants to know what's really in your heart. Sometimes he wants to know if you're coming to church only because only you're after some man or woman. And then when the relationship breaks up, you're gone. Sometimes God wants to know when you sing these words, you see the beautiful songs that we sing in the church, God, I love you. Oh, God, I'll never leave you. I'm, my heart longs for you. Is it, is, is it still that way when you're going through a difficult time? When, when, when there's lack in your house? When things are getting difficult and you're wondering, why am I going through this problem? Maybe God is testing you. He wants to know what you're really made out of. He was testing Philip. Philip, you saw all those miracles. You saw the provision of heaven. But do you really believe me? And guess what happened? If you look in the book of Luke, there was another case where Jesus had to feed 4,000 people. And do you think after the disciples fed 5,000, don't you think now they'd say, well, just bring some loaves and fishes and we're going to feed everyone? Guess what? They went to God again, to Jesus again, and they said, we don't have enough food. How are we going to feed these 4,000 after he had already fed 5,000? And it's the same way in some of your lives. God has worked in your life. He's provided. I've heard the testimonies. Some of you, I've known your life. And then when you go through a trial again, you forgot all about it, get all freaked out, and now you're back to the same place again. See, it, God already knows what's in your heart, but he wants you to know. That's why the Bible says in 1 Peter, don't be surprised at that trial you're going through. And some of you are going through difficult times right now. And he said, don't be surprised. Because God could be testing your heart. This past Wednesday night, Louis, he, he gave, gave a great teaching on, on the testings of God. I wish more of you would have been here to hear it was powerful. Why does God want to test you? Why, why does he want to uncover your heart? Why do you test someone? Because he wants to promote you. He's not satisfied to leave you where you are, but he wants to raise you up. He wants to open doors. There's new things for you in God. There's great things. There's destiny for you. You carry greatness. You carry the DNA of the creator of the earth. You see, but first he wants to know. He wants to know if you're still gonna if you're still gonna serve him, if you're still gonna love him. Through the trial, through the difficulty. What the third thing that we learn in this story is that with God, there's always enough. I'm going to read a scripture, Philippians 4.19. And my God shall supply all your need 
according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. What does that mean? God will supply all your needs? We looked up the word all in the Greek, my wife Norma, and what did it mean when you looked up the word all in the Greek? It meant all. God says, I will supply every need. So why do you fear? Why do you worry? Your boss is not your provider. Your job is not your provider. The welfare system is not your provider. Your mother or your father are not your provider. Your husband is not your provider. God is your source. He says, I will provide every single thing that you need. There's always enough for you. Where, where, where's my friend Merck over here? I, I need Merck. He, he's going to help me break this down theologically in a minute. Because, because he did some research. He got, he got into Strong's Concordance. And he was right. You got into the Bible dictionaries, and you were breaking down the syntax of the of the Greek and the Hebrew. So I just want to ask you just to share what you found from it. Praise God. I notice sometimes we tend to focus on the problem, not the promise. And sometimes some people ask us, "How you feeling?" And sometimes when we focus on how we feeling, we lower ourselves into the circumstance from focusing in faith on the promise. So I'm going to explain it like this. Sometimes they always ask me, are you feeling I'm explaining through biblical characters. I feel like Daniel. There's a lion in my den trying to condemn, pushing me to follow the trend. I feel like Jacob in Israel, like two people in me. A swindler, hinderer, fire kindler, surrenderer like Moses. Sometimes I'm not able to speak, feel timid. Sometimes when I rhyme in a beat, like Zachariah, the prophesier. I want to tell people to build higher, keep desire, require fire like David. There's a soul on my tail. I won't kill him with my own strength. And God, I prevail. Feel like Samson. I rip this lion to shreds and put him on the run like he's being chased by the fed. All my people hold tight. We got a birthright to swing the soul's light. And God, we delight because we're walking up with hearts contrite. In my faith, I'm a fight to fight. For all my people hold tight. We got a birthright to swing the soul's light. And God, we delight because we're walking upright with hearts contrite. In my faith, I'm a fight to fight. In my faith, I'm a stand, pray, stand, pray, stand, pray. Father, you said our light affliction is but for a moment, but it's producing a heavy weight of glory. After we look not to the things which are seen, but the things which are unseen. By faith, I gotta get focused, man. I feel like Joseph in the pit. Where's my palace? I will drink of his chalice. I won't sink from your malice. Feel like Peter. I'ma walk on this water when my storm's out of order. Clean it up like a porter. Feel like that. I got a word in my belly. Wanna spread it like jelly. Serve it up like a deli. Feel like John. 
Double love it, power time that we summit in it, bro. Time that we open up and sing. All my people hold tight. We got a birthright to swing the swords light. And God, we delight because we're walking upright with harsh contrite. In my faith, I'm a fight, so fight. All my people hold tight. We got a birthright to swing the swords light. And God, we delight because we're walking upright with harsh contrite. In my faith, I'm a fight, so fight in your faith. Stand, pray, stand, pray, stand, pray. Father, like you told Moses, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Today is the day of your salvation. Just stand and pray. Just stand and pray. Here we go. Do it like this. When your faith's tested, what God suggests is in faith you should rest in Him. When your faith's tested, what He suggests is in faith you should rest in Him. When your faith's tested, what I suggest is in faith you should rest in Him. Courage your neighbor, say, stand, pray, stand, pray, stand, pray. A lot of us are going through things out there. on our feelings, but focus on him by faith. Let's give him glory. Amen. That's keeping it lyrically smooth, right, Pastor George? Like riding a bike. You say, but what was that song all about? It's about taking a stand for God. It means what it means when you when all hell is breaking loose around you. Maybe maybe there's sickness in your body. Maybe you've got bills and you were just laid off. You could just stand before God and say, Thank you, Jesus. Do you know that that's how this miracle happened? How did Jesus multiply the bread and the fish? Did he have a, an all-night prayer meeting? Did they get down on the floor and say, God, please, we need your provision? He didn't even pray at all. You know what he did? He took the bread, he broke it, and he gave thanks to God. See, there's power in a thankful heart. There's power when you live a life of thanksgiving before God. Maybe you don't have a lot today. But thank God. Say, thank God that I can see. Thank God that I can hear. Thank God for a place to sleep. We go to different places in the world. And there are people that, to, even right now, that have no electricity. People with no running water. People with no jobs. I went with my wife to Mexico last year, and we, and we ran into so many people that the homeless people in New York live better than them. I'm talking about literally, if you're homeless in New York, you can always find clothes on a place and something to eat. You can't do that in many of the countries of the world. 
We have to have a heart of thanksgiving to God. If you just if you just thank him for everything he's done for you, for his goodness. And you know what the Bible says? Even thank him for the hard times. Thank him for the difficulties. Because in that, your, his strength is being made perfect. He's teaching you. He's training you. He's building your character and your faith. That's why the Bible says, in all things we give him thanks. No worry, no fear. But you gotta see, you gotta watch the things that you say. The Bible says that if you proclaim or decree a thing, you will establish it. So it's important to watch the words that you say. I see people who, who say give statements like, I'll never have any money. In this realm of the spirit, they're establishing something. I'll always be poor. Some, somebody came to me. I wanted to pray for his wife for healing. And he said, she'll have that sickness till the day she dies. The, the, it tells us in Proverbs that the power of life and death is in the tongue, which as we always teach in this church, that doesn't mean you go around being a phony and pretend like everything's okay when it's not and tell people how happy you are when you're broken inside and to put on a show. That's not what I'm talking about. But there's also a place to begin to make proclamation, to begin to say, my bank account is full, to begin to say, I am successful. To begin to say, my marriage is healed. To begin to say that I walk in divine health and healing. And I just want to pray that right now. I, I, just want, I just want to begin to make decrees over your life. Father, I thank you, Lord God, for all those who are here today, Lord God. And in Jesus' name, I decree over you. I decree that... There is always more than enough in your bank account. I decree that your wallets are full. I decree in Jesus' name that you walk in, in perfect health. In Jesus' name, every need supplied. I decree over you. I decree over your marriage. That you are one in Christ. That there is peace in your home. That there is no division. That there is no anger. In the name of Jesus. And Father, I just, I just release blessing. Just receive right now the blessing of God. Just take it right now. See, there's blessing for you. A lot of us have this idea that God is out to get us. That somehow we got to twist his arm if we have to pay that bill or to get him to heal us. But Jesus revealed who God is. And he healed everyone who came to him. See, there's power in the name of Jesus. There's power. He's everything that you need. Everything that you need. And he loves to bless you. Some people don't like when they say this stuff. 
They say, you're presenting God as too soft. He's an angry God. Well, let him be angry at you. But I need to know that there's a God that loves me, that the creator of the universe, that his eyes are towards me. People get mad at me. They say, when you get the mic, why don't you just get up there and start beating up the people to shake them out of their sin, tell them how they better shape up. I'm not interested in that message. That doesn't get me to change. That gets me to walk with my head over and down. It gets me to walk in rejection. But there's a truth in the Bible that there's a God who unconditionally, he loves you and he accepts you and he loves to provide for you. Who, who wouldn't want to serve a God like that? Who wouldn't want to lay down their sin for a God that loves them so much? You see, that's the message right there. That's the gospel right there. Not to see if we can get a whip and whip you into shape. We're going to drive you right out the door. We want to love you into shape. We want to accept you into shape. We want to believe God for your life. That he's going to fill your life. You know what the Bible says? With good things. With good things. Yes, he lets you go through the trial. He lets you go through the hard time. There's, there's winter seasons that you might go through where God feels far away. But when it's all said and done, you could sit and lay down in your bed at night and say, God, you are a good God. You are good because his hand is always upon you. He, maybe you have a husband, a wife, a boyfriend that abandoned you. Maybe you had a mother, a father that walked away. But Jesus said, I'm a friend who sticks closer than a brother. See, this story is not only about the power of God the supernatural of God. But it's about the love of God that he was so concerned about these people that they wouldn't have food to eat. That he shook the heavens to provide for them. And the last thing that, that I want to talk about that we learned from this story is that if you trust God with the little, he will multiply it. See, sometimes I meet people and they say, I say, what do you, what job do you do? I don't work. I don't do anything because God provides so I just stay home in bed all day. Guess what? You could stay in bed till kingdom come and you're going to get nothing. But people, I, I'm called to ministry. I, one day, I'm, God told me I'm going to the mission field. I'm going to reach the poor in Africa. I say, well, what did you do so far? You're preparing yourself. No, but I just believe one day something's going to happen. See, nothing's going to happen unless you start to take steps of faith. Until you start to be faithful in the little. God can't bless your finances until you stop the wasteful spending. You see, there are these guys on TV... 
And, and if you listen to them, they'll tell you if you just give enough money to their ministry that you're going to reap a harvest, that you're not going to have any problems, and you're going to be overwhelmed with finances just because you gave all this money. But that's not what it's all about. It's first about getting your life in order. It's about getting your finances in order, getting rid of the credit cards. God can't heal your marriage until you stop the way that you talk to your wife. You see, we, get, we do the little, and God does the rest. Four years ago, I, I was an associate pastor at a church with, with a salary and a car, every need provided. And if I didn't make enough, you could always go to the pastor, right? Benny remembers that church. But, but where there was no provision in, in my life, I could always go to the pastor. Oh, I, I just have this bill, and he always provide. It was a safe place financially. And then four years ago, the Lord told me to step out. He told me to leave. I said, oh, good, then there must be someone that wants to hire me. He said, no. You, you step out, you quit that, and you step into nothing. No speaking engagements, no place to minister, no income, nothing, zero. Nobody calling me. Oh, you got to come speak in my church. Nobody saying, well, we want to send you $10 a week, nothing. And God told me, are you really a man of faith or not? See, sometimes you get where the rubber hits the road. You might be in a time of maturing and testing and training, but sometimes God says, this is it. Are you going to step out or not? So I, I left all of that, all the provision. And I can say four years later that every bill has been paid that God has been faithful. Just last week I was in Oklahoma, and usually I have a lot of places to minister, and I'm able to pay all the expenses and, and, and also be able to pay my bills beyond that. But for some reason last week, nothing happened. I didn't get any calls. People were trying to help me, and nothing happened. And, then, and it was Father's Day that Sunday, and all of a sudden I got a call from a church 300 miles away, way out in the cornfields. We're surrounded by cows. And, and, we, and some people brought me down there, and, and, and I ministered. It's a miracle just to find a place to speak on Father's Day. Never mind way out in the cow fields. And when I went in, there was about 25 people in the whole church. And, I, and at the end of the service, I received one of the biggest offerings that I've ever received, able to pay every bill. And I told God, I'll never doubt you again. So I hope someone out there is going to hold me to it. I, I'm going to make a determination right here and right now. No more sleepless nights. I'm going to determine right now. 
that I'm believing what God said, that he will provide every need, that he has healing for my body, healing for relationships. Who else wants to believe with me? I'm going to ask you to stand right now. If you're making that determination, the devil's not going to shake me up at night anymore. I'm going to find peace and rest. Father, I thank you for all those who are standing right now, Lord God. And I decree provision, 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 abundance, overflowing in Jesus' name. Overflow, overflow, more than enough. No more fear. No fear. No fear. No more worry because my God shall provide all your needs. All your needs, whether for your marriage, whether for your children, whether for your finances, whether for your sickness. This is how I want to end right now. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. And I'm I'm, I'm going to have two places where you could come right now. First, I want on this side, for those people who need healing in their body, I believe God is going to work miracles today if you'll dare to believe Him. So I'm going to ask if Toyin and Merck could come up, and and my wife, and also um, my friend Mike is here, if you could help to pray for healing over here. So if you could come up right now. And on this side, I'm going to ask for the church leaders to come. For those who are on the prayer team. Those who are on the prayer team, those who are church leaders, if you could just come on this side. And what we're going to do now is that if you need healing in your body, as we worship, I'm going to ask you to come to one of these people here Or if you have somebody in your family or someone you know that needs a supernatural healing, I'm going to ask you to come right here. And for everyone else, this is what I want you to do. I want you to come up as families if you're here with your family. If you're here alone, it doesn't matter because God will provide for you whether you're alone, whether there's people around you, because his eyes are on you. But if you're here with your family, I'm going to ask you to come up as a family. And we're we're not going to spend a lot of time. We're not going to go through a lot of prayers. But I'm just, those who are up here, I'm just going to ask you, just anoint those who come up. Just anoint the families for abundance. I got to read this last thing, Genesis 26. It's a story about Isaac. It said there was a famine in the land. Verse 1, there was a famine just like today. The economy hit the bottom. There was a depression. But in verse 12, when Isaac planted his crops that year, he harvested a hundred times more grain than he planted, for the Lord blessed him. Isaac, a man of God, in the middle of the depression, in the famine, when everyone else had nothing, when everybody was going out of business, when things were failing, he planted, God blessed it, and he got back a hundredfold. 
And that's what we're anointing you for today. That even in this hard economy, there's no lack. You see, in the kingdom of God, there's no depression. And we're going to anoint your family that in the famine, in the difficulty, that you're going to walk in supernatural blessing of God. So I'm just going to um, ask you to come forward if we have some ushers that can help us. So just come up as families. We're not going to spend a lot of time. We're just going to anoint you. And over here, if you need healing in your body. Thank you for supporting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless.